G'day, thanks for checking out our year-round carnival podcast, where today, via Vince Cardi's daily sectionals, we're going to have a look at Randwick, right, the wet track there, and Mooney Valley, which also had some uh, challenges. Mr. Brightside won his way into the Cox Plate. Mr. Brightside at the 150, pink for home, two and a half lengths in front. The Spanish mission is for regional girl, but Mr. Brightside would play to them. And it was clear, and Mr. Brightside put it four lengths in for regional girls. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals, audio courtesy of Racing.com, of course, Matt Hill's call with a little bit of the killers. Mr. Brightside, morning, Vince. Good morning, Rolf. You've got a little bit of a change to your voice. You've got some acting role or something coming up. I have. Uh, what's the old saying? I've got a frog in my throat and across its legs. So apologies there. <laughs> I do not know why. Uh, uh, it's yeah, sensational. I, I, I would have known why, why I have, but now I don't. <laughs> uh, well, put it this way. It's, it sounds good, Ralph. It's different. Yeah, it's a little bit different anyway. I'm, I'm good as gold. I, I just don't know why that, that that's there. But well, <laughs> more importantly, let's let's get stuck in the racing. Well, what's up in Sydney? Because uh, Vince... <laughs> I, I don't uh, study uh, you know as deeply as, as you obviously every direction where you do your race speed profiles as well uh Randwick, i'm just sitting on the couch watching leader after leader after leader win what do we get served up on that heavy track at sydney yeah well, it's just ridiculous isn't it I'm, I'm, wow it's just what it is probably more to the point what can we do but from a profile point of view <laughs> oh goodness me other than two races, Ralphie, if you weren't on pace or leading, in other words, you had to be inside two lengths. If you yeah. weren't inside two lengths and you weren't in the first five lanes, life was going to be pretty challenging. In terms when the rail's at seven metres, is that typically the case or is it just completely overextended over because of the heavy track? Uh, typically what can happen is, Ralphie, when the rail's at seven, you've, you've got hot lanes all the way out to about 12. Yep, and then from there, you uh, obviously are going to be in challenge. So it just shows, no matter how much work you do, you you, you still have to be able to uh, adjust on the run in in this caper. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All right. So how heavy was that track? Well, I always like to use the raw figures. Race one, twenty six point six. <laughs> we get to say race four, thirty four point six. Oh my god! And. I big indicator we go race seven. That's Zaki race. Okay, a little bit of pace related there, but that was still mid thirty fives. But the the sixteen hundred meter race minus forty five, and the caps always placed when you get to the last race minus fifty. So this this is we're talking heavy. Ah, <laughs> oh, Ralphie. It, it, I haven't put the new scale in place internally yet, but that's going to be categorised as about a heavy sixteen. Oh my goodness! So, so we're, we're talking about a mess. So we'll try and break break down yep. uh, this apart for you, for people listening, of course, and try and help out. But it's uh, it's obviously a challenge. So we'll, we'll start with the uh, the um, listed twenty four hundred card in Noir. Uh, got got briefly challenged there before the turn, and then j- just completely uh, smashed him. What was that race structure like? First section, Ralphie, 21.9 lengths below benchmark. Of course, a lot's got to do with the ground condition. We could probably add an extra half a dozen lengths to the pace as well. In other words, there's a 
bit of intention there not to use a lot of energy through the first half of the race. In terms of the way they finished off, the, the, the probably the exciting part was the mid-race. It was good, solid move between the 8 and the 400, and they're entitled to do that, almost getting close to that 20 lengths mid-race squeeze, and then, as expected in that home straight, big taper in the negative, finished off with a 10.3 below benchmark. Overall, didn't break benchmark, Ralphie as a runner, in terms of performances, but from a historical point of view, the Caulfield run, if you go back to February 21, that was 2.8 below, and this is what this horse performed here. Best for the prep so far. Well, with a horse like Realm of Flowers, and this is where you, you have to be very careful, isn't it? Just saying you're a wet tracker. Well, she's a wet tracker, but bottomless conditions, second up. If you haven't got the fitness, good luck being handling the ground. All right. And that's the tough part, isn't it, Ralphie? Even in that first up run over 1,800 metres, the horse was travelling 20 lengths below benchmark. Hard to get tremendous fitness, particularly off a 308-day break. Yes, the move on that particular day was really solid between the 8 and the, and the 400, but overall, not having to do any work through the first 1,000 metres that day doesn't help you. It's like a half run. And yes, here we are. Extremely, extremely wet track. I mean, the horse was pretty much gone as it approached the 400 in terms of condition. Again, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm, watching, I'm on the couch watching leader after leader win and then the, the guy representing the tab on Channel 7 says Eduardo's their lay of the day and I'm thinking, am I watching this or not? <laughs> not. I know what Eduardo can do on a wet track. Well, he's just smashed him. He's just such a star, this horse, and uh, and Joe Pride, uh, I know he, he got this horse at seven. I remember him saying, I reckon he could race till he's 12. Well, he's nine now and he's still just doing, his, doing what he does. Yeah, absolutely. He's airborne first up, Ralphie. If we go back to the, the trial on the 58, there was a good indicator there that this particular runner was going to have a decent campaign. And even the second trial, even though, you know, like there was nothing between them in terms of winning, was again, it was really solid. And this was confirmation in this race here how forward Eduardo was. 3.6 first up, Ralphie. I mean, that's sensational. They absolutely have this horse, in my view, going every bit as good as September last year profile. Wow. Uh, so you've adjusted this up, what, 16 legs? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, so, very wet track. <laughs> what can you give our listeners about Andermatt? Because on your race speed profiles, you made a point of saying that was a winning trial uh, leading in. Uh, there was heavy, heavy money for it. But, of course, circumstance of the day meant that it just couldn't produce uh, as, as a horse who gets back. Wrong lines. And absolutely match conditioning short due to the heavy ground. If this ground wasn't anywhere near as damp as that, the run would have been a lot more bullish because the trial was it was a booming trial, Ralphie. But just too much in terms of the wet condition. From a first up point of view, just tape it at the end. Uh, I, I also, you know, if it was on the inside, would it have finished a couple of lengths closer? I would say yes. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll match the visuals with uh, with what your data can tell us. Apologies about the voice. I've got no idea what it is like it is, by the way. But uh, it was a really good race to watch as far as North Sarlas and Willinga beat, because, a beast, rather. They, they really went to war and uh, and, and gutsy uh, performance by North Sarlas to not lie down and kick back. Uh, the Group 1 winner, she's extreme. Again, I, I assume that uh, it was a case when, you, when you're going quickly, you just can't accelerate on a day like that. Particularly in this ground condition, Ralphie, travelling at that speed very close to benchmark, you're actually moving at a really strong rate. 
Not far behind Eduardo in terms of race pace, a couple of lengths. I mean, that just sort of gives you some insight about how solid the intention was. But by the time they got to the 400 metres, Ralphie, they were already completely wasted. North Star Lass had gone sort of from three lengths below to eight and a half below, and then over the last 400 metres, lost almost nine lengths. That's how tough it was. And from She's Extreme, Yes, the horse did have a bit more of a breather between the 8 and the 400 metres and, and had a slightly softer running passage even between the 8 and the 400, but just too much to do from a perspective of, A, how much more ground you would have had to cover in terms of speed late. 16.5 below benchmark versus 17, you just couldn't give that extra four lengths. Everybody was gone, Ralphie, at the 400. Uh, let's get to the tramway. I suppose almost the theme of the day with uh, with Mr. Brightside that we'll get to was uh, and Eduardo. Some of these good horses that won. I don't know if we learn a lot from them, but what can you take from the win of uh, of Zaki in the tramway? The soft speed was the big the big asset for the horse. This helped this horse tremendously. I also felt even between the eight and the four hundred. Have a look at the movement, Ralphie. It was a picture perfect ride. Thirteen and a half lengths below benchmark through the first 600 metres, and then between the 8 and the 400, only improved the speed by one length. In other words, it was barely a 400-metre sprint home. Makes it pretty hard. Even if you're in a situation where you're not a supreme lover of the wet ground, the reality is you couldn't have orchestrated a better race shape than that. And this is a horse that's usually very forward too, Ralphie. That barrier trial on the 22nd of the 8th, the improvement that horse made in conditioning was huge. Mm. So, with with uh, it's interesting what you say about the lover of the wet track. We know Ice Bath is a duck, and yep. the money came for her. And again, I'm just <laughs> sitting here not playing, but I'm enjoying watching the racing. I think, how could you back Ice Bath when you're seeing what a red hot leader track this is? And and set, the secondary question always is: these are some smart people who decide to back her. So, yep. okay, they lost on the day, but why was that money there? And, uh, and by look at this mid-race move on an impossible race shape, that's why the money was there. She's coming back in terrific order. Fantastic. Again, in some aspects, was probably helped by the way the structure of the race was, Ralph, because you're really doing no work through the first 600 metres, going 18.5 below benchmark. And the move between the 8 and the 400, it's a it's a good move, but it's not a, a parabolic move. In other words, where the horses had to go sort of from a 6.9 length a mid-race squeeze, say, to a 15, which would have completely blown the horse out over the last 400. That's why the horse was able to still engineer a finish. And then we've got to remember that when you take it up against Saki, there's a massive difference in terms of ground condition. So I say to be a little bit wary as well. The run looked better than what it really was. Right. Yeah. And just because there was no other opposition, basically. No, no. And Profundo, obviously, better drier. Absolutely. Yeah. Good position, but nothing there. Uh, every Sunday, I send an email to our members. Uh, our members, are, while we're here, we don't have any corporate bookmaking support. Uh, and from next week, we'll, uh, we'll might uh, even give a few bonuses to our Group 1 members, the extended podcast there, uh, as the races get uh, get better and we've got more to talk about with uh, with good, high quality. So to become a member via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au, and click through the links there every week. Our members get best of the day as well. Sent to them via Sizzlers. September Sizzlers are now up and available, and that is your best information you can possibly get. Vince's IVR reports post-meeting from your daily sectionals.com.au. Speaking of which, so at 
race eight, the uh, the challenge for it again, uh, leader one. What a surprise. <laughs> it was night's order. Uh, but Michael has asked, Vince, how did Surefire Run's rate? I've backed it for the Caulfield Cup. Once it went back on Saturday to last, I knew it couldn't win on that heavy track. was hoping the run was still full of merit and on track for the Caulfield Cup. So let, let, let's wrap that question in a bow, Vince. Uh, night's order, how easy a run did it have in front? And uh, can we take anything from Surefire's defeat? Well, first section, 21.5 for Knight's <laughs> Order, below benchmark. All right, Short hang on. So yeah. I just want to stop there, just for, for people trying to learn what, what you do here. You've got, what, uh, what was it say, uh, 1,198 races, and over 1,198 races, the lead speed was 21.2 legs below yeah. average. That's just the first 800 metres of the race. <laughs> Correct. So. You can see how how they've gone through that first half of the race, and it's sure fire another five links, five and a half links off that yeah. in terms of speed. So this is well, I've got to make some adjustments, but typically a barrier trial, even this ground condition when it's heavy, they're probably going twenty four to thirty one. So that gives you an idea that. The lead speed, which was nice, sort of was just marginally better than a barrier trial through the first 800 metres. So in other words, the horses had a real effort in terms of the last 800 metres, but didn't do any work. And that just means all the horses behind are giving it a head start. Life's pretty tough to be yeah. able to get past it. So performance for Surefire, I thought it was good. But still, I always go back to the overall final figure. 9.5 below benchmark, rank 61. How much of adjustment could you make if you want to really dive deep about the switch in the early speed? Well, I have made a pretty substantial adjustment to the race, Rolfie, if you have a look. Yep. I mean, it's, it's hard to make it any more than that. First of all, on raw adjustments... This is the track over the whole day. It's 15.3 lengths. And then it's individual race adjustments based on race shape. And as you can see, the amount of adjustments was another 26. So it, it's impossible to give it any more than that. So it was probably a bit softer than I would have liked. And hopefully the horse can improve a lot on dry ground. Uh, and just a shout out to your race speed profiles, Vince. Uh, I couldn't resist when, um, when I saw your leaders, Knights Order and Entente from Cooker Archer and New Merion. And... Yeah, your race speed profiles. Clearly, there was only one thing they were going to do with Surefire. That was get back. So it was a, it was a nice little exactto just sitting there to be picked up off the ground, mate. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. Absolutely, you're going to adjust on the run. That's that's the reality. So. <laughs> True. All right, we'll leave Randwick there. It was a bit of a mess, but we've we've tried to give you the best insight we can. We'll obviously write them all up on the on the race speed profiles. Uh, Mooney Valley. How did Mooney Valley play? Obviously, there was some wet ground. wasn't quite ideal, but uh, well. Actually, I'll ask you via this prism, which I found interesting, because now I've seen your IVR data. Uh, they, they gave out as a soft. Peter Moody, during the day, said he it, it raced heavy, according to what the jockeys were saying. And by looking at data, it's still only in the soft range. Yeah, the, the, the only the one patch that was off Ralphie, realistically, was that 400-metre patch. That's it. 600 to 400. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was the patch where it was, compared to the rest of the track, even 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 the two hundred meters, Ralphie, not quite as bad, but the reality is there was about a two length uh, variable swing, and it was clearly in the wet ground. That's a pretty critical part of the, the the track as well. When you have that sort of, given the condition, most horses are going to be sort of in full flight, and if they've had to use a bit of fuel early, which 
a number of races did, then that would be a negative when you approach that part of the track. You're already wasted, and then you're getting some softer ground. It doesn't help. All right. Well, Lafayette was an absolute walk in the park for Mr. Brightside. So I, I always like using the, the market intelligence as well as whatever uh, information we can have previously. We knew, knew that the very best of Inspirational Girl, Spanish Mission, Earlswood would take it right up to Mr. Brightside at their very best. But there was no money for any of them. So they were all first up. Mr. Brightside was second up. So he was in the zone and it became the one act affair it was. They look to be going slowly, Vince. How slow did they go? Well, there you go. 16 lengths below benchmark. So it's a <laughs> big, big crawl. And this was like, that was obviously deliberately slow because re- realistically, that race there, if you want to adjust it for all the other lead speeds, it's probably, it was about 18 lengths off. And this is why when you look at one of the challenges is this, Rafi. If you look later in the day, the final time of the other 1,600-meter runner was a lot, superior but when you have to bring into consideration the race shape and the pattern it's sort of it's impossible for a horse to run a fast time when you're going so slow and you need to temper for that and make the appropriate adjustments have a look at the mid-race squeeze for a mile race i mean 17 and a half lengths for mr brightside that's further validation of how soft it was and some of the things that i like to look at is this i look at the overall last 1200 meters and that gives you real insight about how strong the, the overall performance was late. It was the best last 1,200 of the day. On raw, raw times there, one one twelve is run on the soft yep. track. Uh, yes, off a standing start. But, again, it's, it's still good merit. And also, and then at the closing speed, and really it was, a, it was uh, under no real pressure, still the best last 400 and 200 of the day. And he's come back in yeah. sensational fashion. Have a look. Last campaign. His last run for the prep when he won the group one race at Ram, which was a 4.1, Ralphie. Yep. And that was a new PB. This time in, the horse came back first up, 1.4 today, two lengths above. Nice. I, I say nice elevation in this respect. See, the 4.1 lengths below benchmark first up versus 16 probably handed the race to him. But the reality was to go 12 lengths fast and then end up with an overall higher score is big merit to where this horse is heading. And I've got a, I'm pretty confident this horse is definitely going to go past this 4.1 this prep. How far, how, how far above that, I'm not sure, but it'll definitely go beyond that. It's just going to get back down to where it sits distance-wise. I know there's talk about the 2,000 metres with this horse. Yep. The Cox Plate hmm, will be interesting. Because you can't get much softer than that, Ralphie, through the first section. Then I look at the closing speed. Overall, 1,200, great sustained speed. But is that going to be you know, enough? Well, well, I guess anyone coming from overseas will be the big thing if it's a Cox Plate race. Yeah, and that's probably the, the, the relevant part. I mean, a minus 16.6 lead speed, or minus 16 rather from Earlswood, who, who wasn't right on the day. But Cox Plate, typically, what do they go on, plus eight early? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right, and and matched in the mid. So it's an unknown, I suppose. Is what Correct. We're yeah, um, would they be happy with Spanish Mission? As far as you know, just a kickoff run and uh, impossible ratio. Couldn't do anything more than what it did. Had to use a high exertion between the eight and the four hundred. About two lengths more exertion than Brightside between the eight and the four. So entitled the tank out, and and it was the tank out was clearly there. Probably lost around one point five lengths of genuine condition overall a positive run 
Interesting uh, pre-race market moves uh, in the in the uh, in the sprint. The McEwen again, small field, but uh, they they didn't muck around speed-wise, and that that's uh, so, certainly sorted out the wheat from the chaff. Pardon the pun. Uh, Rothfire, you head on top in your race speed profiles. It was good money for it. Uh, what was it officially seven fifty into uh, six dollars? And your race speed profiles that come out by Saturday morning by daily sectionals comes here off a short freshen up, having raced in the Queensland Winter Carnival. Most recent start, he posted one point two lengths above benchmark in the Stradbroke, which included twelve lengths, twelve point four length above benchmark first section. So it was a brutal speed. What that actually, and, and you obviously went on to more detail there, Vince, but that's the underlining part. That speed in the Stradbroke was brutal. So 84 days between runs, there was no reason to doubt his, uh, his um, fitness base, particularly over 1,000 metres. Yeah, I, I, I really, they gave a terrific price for this horse, Ralphie. They, they really did. It was a genuine overs, I felt myself, because... Yes, Gatter was the young horse on the way up and you have to pay a certain level of respect to that horse and therefore I could understand why that was going to be always firm in the market. But Rothfire had demonstrated, even though it wasn't able to um, get victory a number of races last campaign, performances were solid. And you have a look at its 1,000-metre profile, Ralphie. Eagle Farm back in 2020, it was a 1.5 above with high speed through the first section with a massive slowdown in the mid so you know that run could have been dramatically high yes the horse was in different uh condition as well in terms of the structure of the horse obviously it's been well documented the challenges that it's had but and even the run going prior to that ralphie there was there's a lot to sort of say that this horse is very very dynamic at a thousand meters and was going to come in very fit the figure was big in my view, 1.9, I, I sat back and said, wow, that's a massive run. And for me, of course, the way I'm looking at it is, okay, does this mean that we're going to see Rothfire potentially try and challenge its pre-injury phase, which where the horse got to 5.4, or was this horse rock hard fit with not much left? So right now I am leaning towards not much left because when I look at what happened over the last 200 metres, where the horse actually went from a slight deacceleration of about a length, that's about all I've got to work with. And the way it finished off with, you know, kicking back very strongly over the last 200 metres does give me big indication that this horse is, was extremely fit. So maybe the improvement isn't going to be to that uh, 5.4 range, but I am confident that we could possibly get to two and a half, three, maybe. Rob Heath gets through, um, kind of, Rob Heath gets, uh, interview was terrific after race, and he said he carries around some bone chips in his pocket just as a reminder of, uh, of the injury that he suffered. So it must have been a remarkable job of horsemanship, and as you've uh, outlined there, there's the query. Alistair's asked, can he fire up for the spring? Well, you've outlined that, and really to get to an Everest, that, that's, he's probably going to have to beat his all-time PB if, he, if they go there. And I know Rob did say Little Fish is sweet. He might stay in Melbourne for the, the Moira and the Manicato. Well... Yeah, well, that could be a potentially a good move. Uh, sorry, apologies to Rob, who did email. Uh, no questions. Just want to see what Mr. Brightside did on the clock. Well, visually impressive win, as you'll see. Let's see what the numbers say. Well, of course, uh, Vince uh, did, did outline that. As far as the uh, the um, rest of the card, Vince, is concerned, um, first leg of the, uh, the quaddy, again, every race is different. So race shape-wise, they absolutely flew here and, if you were back in the field, you just couldn't pick up your legs. The concern for me, I've got to say, 
you know, you got Troach that uh, you explained in your race speed profiles and come down from Sydney with good figures relative to this. You expected her to run well. Lady Laguna and I'm Loving You were the favourites. They were pretty well beaten at Caulfield um, at their first up run by, um, by uh, uh, was it Bound for Home and OJ? There hasn't been a lot overall on the clock here either. No, overall performance, 3.6 lengths below benchmark. Again, you run into that patch, you know, using good speed through the first section, then you run into the patch between the sort of inside that sort of 600-metre mark approaching the 400. You can see that softening. But then there was no finish over the last 200 metres. Again, this is a little bit of condition-bound scenario in terms of the ground making it pretty tough, particularly when you're asked to use so much velocity through that first 400 metres. And it was. It was good, solid pressure, 2.8 above all the way to the 800 metres. That was the lead speed. That's that's pretty solid. This is why it was hard for horses to come off that pace and actually figure in the finish. Uh, I'm, I'm chanting a theory, a, a, a phrase of yours that you often say, which is chaos theory. Once the barriers open, anything can happen. <laughs> Race seven, Azar. There's the <laughs> I used to watch Water Brothers as a kid, Vince. Pepe Le Pew, the skunk Azar. <laughs> he, he did said it's never put in since the Caulfield Guineas. And there it was, an overexertion from Moxley Road, who I think pulled up with uh, cardiac arrhythmia, and he's just in the right spot. I thought, no, you—he was the only horse you wanted to be on in the run, and he's won with uh, nothing in the last four hundred. Nothing good yet past him. Yeah. Well, this. Uh, firstly, I, I go, how good's the stable to get this horse to be <laughs> at its peak? Long time. Uh, even the minus 2.2, Ralphie. I mean, there was some signs in that very first up run, if you go all the way back to May, at Morphville over 1100, where you thought maybe this horse was going to have a bit of a campaign. And then uh, they were all nowhere runs. Very hard horse to have. Certainly a horse I couldn't personally have. <clears throat> because I like him to have some, you know, reasonable trend line, a little bit too far for me to go back all the way to that first up run saying you're going to repeat that. But here's the thing. So he was fit, and when they're going fast and he's in the right spot, something has to run past it. <laughs> so nothing yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, and this was the, the big thing. In the middle, In the middle, that ground condition sort of helped some of those horses on the lead pack, of yeah. course. Yep. Uh, a horse like Corner Pocket, Plus one point six and fast going and and really this is where your first up was going to be a test fitness wise particularly yeah, in market and, sport yeah and a solid run overall yeah. rolling. Of course, in the end, three point eight below benchmark is a little bit of a insight to where you know where where they sort of sit on the day. You know, rank twenty four didn't quite get into that top ten either. All right, well, let's finish off with the uh, the eighth race here, military export. Uh, got a pretty easy lead on his terms at Caulfield, but then he was going to get an easy lead again at, uh, on Saturday. The market was very keen, knowing that they have a position in running advantage over Uncle Bryn and a beautiful Jamie Carr ride. This horse here, Ralphie, bit of a sleeper in my view. That was a phenomenal performance. Outside of Mr. Brightside, this was clearly for me Oh, and to some extent, Rothschild, the big run of the day. This was outstanding. First section, 0.4 above benchmark, even between the 8 and the 4. You have a look at the velocity drop. It was only 2.3. That was very subtle when compared to a lot of other horses. And then the way it was able to stick on over the last 400 metres, and this was second up. Only lost about 1.5 of overall uh, velocity. But then I look at that last 200 metres, Less than 0.4. So, yes, 
this is something I'm learning about the, the Nishan stable, about how forward she can have her horses. But this horse, with the plus 1.5, new PB, there's no way we're at the bottom of this horse in terms of its profile. Impossible. This horse is going to improve further. And I expect bigger races for this horse. Well, all right, let, let me have a crack at what you say because that's a real eyebrow raiser, what you've said there. So I reckon this time last year, a horse called Elephant was uh, winning like this in uh, in the grades and then went to Sandown on the uh, grand final weekend and won a stakes race over 1,500. So you're saying a stakes race is well within this horse's scope. Absolutely. All right. I wanted to follow there with uh, Military Expert. We'll, of course, write all that up for Sizzlers, uh, the Black Book product. Very exciting, Vince. The preview podcast are back this Friday. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Right, so if you want to get the preview podcast via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au, here's what you get. Friday morning, we'll do a deep dive for the Quaddy at Flemington. We're just going to stick to Flemington this week. We'll we'll go between Melbourne and, and Sydney, depending on where we think the best meeting is and ground conditions. We're not going to be going on that. Uh, didn't we learn a lesson last autumn, Vince? Well, you need more than umbrellas. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. So we're avoiding bog-heavy tracks, but uh, it looks like it'll be a, a, a track with just a nice bit of give. Flemington's always perfect. Rail back to true for Maccabi Diva Stakes Day. So you get the preview podcast on the Friday of the Quaddy Legs, the early edition race speed profiles. Saturday morning, we do an update podcast and the full edition of Race Speed Profiles, if you want that set as well. So uh, all the best information there via the preview podcast section of my website, all of Vince Cardi's work via dailysectionals.com.au. Thanks so much for checking out Year Round Carnival.